0: The Giants are coming off a big blue massacre Sunday at MetLife Stadium. Can they turn this thing around?
1: We discuss the feel at Giants practice this week. Preview the Giants-Panthers matchup in East Rutherford and make our predictions. Our special guest on episode
0: 81 is number 81, a member of the Giants' ring of honor, my old teammate, Super
2: Bowl forty-two champion, well-dressed Amani Toomer. So join us on a one-in-five edition of Blue Rush from the New York Post. Welcome back to Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts. Give us that five star rating. Write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts in honor of episode 81. We'll have episode 81, number 81. Amani Toomer Giants great Super Bowl 42 champion join the program a little bit later on in the show we got lots to do today let's welcome in the host of Blue Rush that would be two-time Super Bowl champion kicker Amani's old teammate Lawrence Tynes and Giants beat writer for the New York Post Paul Schwartz I'm Jake Brown here we have Sarah McCrory and Andrew Hartz alongside as well guys a good live show after one of the worst games in the Giants history Sunday I think uh, Lawrence we we salvaged it. We had a couple of your friends, the family there. I think it was a nice little gathering after what was seemed like a massacre about uh, 10 feet away. Yeah, thank
0: God for them and of course, Paul's son was there and brought a tribe with him. Very good questions. Paul, I've been being a student of the podcast, so I watched the press conferences today. I thought Joe Judge was more upbeat than I thought he would be. Seemed like he was giving you guys more. I don't know if that's a conscious thought. Jabril Peppers looked pissed off giving you guys a bunch of one word answers. Obviously, he brings a lot of energy to this team. Not so much today, it didn't look like.
1: Lawrence, I think Jabril Peppers, the the, the, the fall for, of Jabril Peppers is one of the big mysteries of the season to me. You know, I mean, the offensive line struggling. OK, the injuries, Daniel Jones playing well, Andrew Thomas playing well before he got hurt. The demise of the defense, obviously, to me, is the biggest shocker. But within the demise of the defense, the fact that Jabril Peppers, the first month of this season, was playing about fifty percent of the snaps was stunning to me. He was not hurt. It was just all scheme related. This is a guy who never came off the field last year. Yeah, I was there with Jabril and I don't know what to make of it. Let let's this is some of the things he said. He was asked, what did you take of Joe Judge's halftime challenge last week? He said, I took it well. Did you think there was any lack of effort on the field? No. And 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 mind you, Jabril was one of the guys, Jabril Peppers and Daniel Jones were the guys on the podium. So he knew he was going to speak you know he's a captain. He knew he was going to speak at the podium. This wasn't just one or two people. And and we finally said to him, like, "You're a man. You ha- you're not saying anything. Is there a reason why you're not talking?" He said, "No, not really." Here was the kicker: the trade deadline is coming. What? I think it's November second. I don't think Jabril Peppers will be traded, but he is one of the names. If you made me list five guys who might be traded, you know Evan Ingram, Jabril Peppers, there would be some guys on the list. Do you want to be here? Do you expect to be here? This was his answer. Tell me, you you know players speak better than I do. He said. I just want to win, baby. I want to make plays, go out there, and win ball games. Translation.
0: He's a very unhappy giant teammate player right now. I mean, what the hell are we going to get for those guys? More boxes of tape and Gatorade? I mean, the return value for these guys, none of them are playing well. Evan Ingram, maybe. I mean, what are you going to get, a sixth or seventh round pick for Jabril these, Peppers? These guys
1: are on the last year of the contracts. Yeah, too,
0: so-, so you got to give them a contract, so you got to factor that in. You know, it's funny, you know, I played in the Giants golf tournament on Monday and got to spend more time with some of my old teammates and I was able to visit with some of them. And obviously we talked about this current Giants football team and one of our star players on that football team. I'm not going to name him. I just went up to him and I said, how hard is it to lead? When you're not playing well. And he said it's impossible because there's a certain aura about you as a player if you're playing well and you've been and I get even if you've been a leader in the past, if you're not playing well, you just don't feel like you can pass on leadership in a weird way. So I was referencing Jabril Peppers because I feel like on defense, they're missing that spark. He's never been great in coverage, we know that. But he's also played a lot better football. But it was interesting to talk to, you know, this guy who's a one of the Giants all-time great players, say it's impossible. To lead when you're not playing well,
1: you know I don't know if that was that sounds like suspiciously it could be someone like Justin Tuck. I remember Justin Tuck; he was a great player. He wasn't a great player right away. He was a great player. He was a leader. Okay, he was a leader, but then he hurt his shoulder. He had some problems, and he kind of retreated. He was not a natural at it, and he didn't want to. I can't tell these guys to go kick butt because I can't. Physically, I can't physically do it now. Or. I missed three tackles last week. How can I tell guys to stop missing, you know, freaking tackles? So I saw that with Antrell Roll at times. So you know, Antrell, when he was playing well, it was a great leader. And when he was playing not as well, he tried, but it, it's different. It's different. Now, here's the, the
0: thing. But the problem is, Paul, real quick, sorry to interrupt, Yes. Yeah, is, is who is playing well on that side of the ball to lead?
1: The leaders have to lead no matter what. I mean, Jabril Peppers was an emotional firebrand for this He was last awesome. year. They awesome. weren't great, and he was good. He was a good player. Like you said, he has issues. If you told me this year, Jabril's going to be up in the box. He's going to play 98% of the snaps. He's going to have four or five sacks. He's going to be playing like a little bit of a hybrid linebacker role. Patrick Graham knows him. He's going to get the best out of him. I would say, I think you're on the right page there. So this is shocking. And the fact that this guy, who was an emotional player from New Jersey, who wants to play for the Giants, looks so You know, depleted of any energy here, talking to us. It's it's a bad sign. You know, Joe Judge said, "Well, we came out okay today." I'm looking at it. Look, you tell me, Lawrence, when the next coach is going to come out and say in a losing season and say, you know what? The practice was just not good today. The guys didn't respond to me. It's a bunch of BS. If coaches got paid by how their team practiced, they'd be making 20 million a year. Every coach, I like the way we practiced. Or if they say, you know, Wednesday, I didn't like the way we practiced, but we came back guns a blazing on Thursday. We were terrific. We can tell what the scoreboard says, but the ownership and the media, we can't grade the practice. So the coach grades the practice for it and they love practice. And practices are always great, right? Always great.
0: Always great. You know, Bruce Arians is probably the only coach in the NFL that would come out and say we had a, you know, you know what practice because he's got a good team. Um, He said, you know, he called Brady out. But moving on to this football team, there's a true divide right now. I see it. I feel it. It, This is coming. This is the, you know, the lap tallies, all the little things that he's done. This thing could go south in a hurry. That's what I'm seeing, right? Just from Jabril Peppers, you know, I I thought Daniel Jones was just Daniel Jones at the podium Mm -hmm. today. He always does a great job, in my opinion, of just being being right here, I think, but, I,
1: and I think better today. I think he was good today. You know, I think Daniel yeah,
0: is, is. You guys made to... him laugh a couple times. Yeah, and look, I mean, he's
1: coming off his worst game. Pretty um,
0: easy to laugh at the media, though. But
1: he wasn't laughing at us. He I was know. Laughing I know with us. Yes,
0: just a zinger for the show for our yeah, guests. No,
1: yeah, no more journalism lessons, please. Okay, <laughs> no, no more, no more critiques. Oh, about I questions. will say
0: this: the one thing I took note of is Jabril Peppers gave the longest winded answer to you because you must have asked a confusing question or something.
1: I forget what. Oh, yeah it was about, um, you know what, because I, I realized, you know, I, I've been around long enough to realize just these big picture questions, he's not going to yeah. answer. Yes, yeah. no. So yeah. I asked him about the Panthers, about the Packery, about, you know, let, let's get him going a little bit and maybe we can, you know, you kind of tenderize them a little bit, and you can then ask them some questions Ooh, afterwards. Tenderize. You know, you got to, like, hit the hit the gut a little bit, you know, make it, soften them that up a little bit. You see yeah. that
2: when you're a critically acclaimed beat writer for 27 years, you learn these things. He did, because I was watching. I was like, that's Paul, and he
0: talked to Paul. He didn't talk to anybody else, so he... Knows how to do his job. Paul
2: is r- rushing dirt off of his shoulder right That's now. That's right. Yeah. yeah. No, That's you know. Problem.
1: You know what? You have to. Too many guys take it personally when the guys don't want to talk to you and, and are giving you yeah. crappy answers. I mean, it is difficult for these guys to sit there and talk a lot about what is going on with this team. I understand that, but the ones who get paid and the, the leaders, they have to rise above that. You know, they have to rally the troops as best they can. It's very hard, but they have to. And you know, I I, I don't know. I, I don't see a lot of rallying. You know, I asked Daniel today, like you said, Daniel is pretty good today, and about speeding up his decision-making, which is something I think is going to be very important moving forward because the state of the offensive line is such where those nice routes that we saw for a couple of weeks, Lawrence, right with with Galladay and with guys, and wow, he's throwing the ball down the field. I don't see a lot of those happening in the last next month or so with this offensive line.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're going to play. I know Judge said all three tackles will play. The Isaiah kid is not ready, as far as I can tell. Through no, the, uh, he's not
1: in shape. He just not he's in not, shape, not ready yet. No, not,
0: not ready yet. Doesn't know the playbook. They're going to have to do some things. This is going to be on Jason Garrett, and I know Giants Nation probably doesn't want to hear that. They're going to have to come up with a plan. They're going to have to completely deviate from what they've been this year a little bit, depending on who's available for Sunday. You know, I'd like to see these tight ends get involved. Just have a game where, where you know, Rudolph has four or five catches and maybe Ingram has four or five catches. He, you can win games that way. Ball control, you know, hold on to the ball, keep the defense off the field.
1: You know, I did talk to Matt Pert. Now, look, Matt Pert's going to have to come up big. He's going to have to start at least the next three games because Andrew Thomas is out. I said, what do you do better now than you did not do as well last year? He said, I feel like I'm a better student of the game. I'm not saying I'm perfect by any means. I'm fine-tuning the details here and there. And he said, you know, the second year to the first year, you know, he feels the details and and, and the, the technique is much better. But, you know, when I stand next to this guy, Lawrence... He is so big. He is so imposing. You look at him and you say, that's what a tackle should look like. And, you know, maybe something will click in here now that he knows he's going to play. They know they need him. You know, I mean, they need him badly here to hold up at left tackle. They really do. You know, he's a third round pick. It's a second year. He's played okay. I don't, I don't
0: think he's been terrible. He's been okay. He's inconsistent. You know? He really can, you know, Second-year he's player really inconsistent. That has like not this. played a lot. I mean, he hasn't played a whole lot this season, um, but he's a guy, obviously, hopefully the Giants can lean on. And Andrew Thomas, is he on the three-week IR? Is that the deal? Yes,
1: three weeks. So, um, he's got three so, weeks and then, the, and then the bye. So, he so be okay listen,
0: Jason Garrett's going to have to put together a plan this week that looks different than what he's done all year. Get these tight ends involved. You got enough of them. If you have to run the football, I would like to see Brightwell get some carries. I don't know how much they trust him, but I think he could spell Booker a little bit. See what he is. He's a six-round pick. See what you got. I mean, listen, we don't know what's going to happen with Saquon. The end of the year, I don't know. I know he's got his fifth-year option, but try and find out what you have in this football team because whatever you're putting out there right now is not working.
1: You know, I can't say they have to junk the running game. You can't do that. But look, this offensive line is not a good power-blocking line, you know, the group that they have in there now. Devontae Booker is not any difference-maker at running back. I agree with you about the tight ends. You see all around the league, tight ends, not not just a Kittle, not just a the Ertz, not just, you know, the the Kelseys. You see midline tight ends making big plays down the field. Everyone always says, well, what's the most natural throw for a quarterback, right? Over the middle to a tight end. So, you know, with Engram, who has really, I wouldn't say regressed, he's kind of like retrenched, you know, seems like they don't trust him as much anymore. A lot of the fans, you know, think for good reason, but I agree. Kyle Rudolph was not a guy they just got. He's getting $6 million a year, okay? Two-year, $12 million contract. It is not too much to ask. I think some of it is Rudolph has been very slow to come around from, you know, the foot surgery and just getting into the flow, but he's a big guy. You can't tell me he, forgot how to box out in the red zone and around the end zone, they have to make an effort to get him the ball. And and look, he's not going to be running free. I get that. But you cannot survive in this league without tight ends who who are much more productive than this group. It's really a failing. And what did we think with Jason Garrett? Jason Garrett, when he coached the Cowboys, he killed the Giants with the tight ends. Killed them. Not just Jason Witten. Anybody, you know, you know, anybody Jarwin. they put out, Jarwin, anybody they put out.
0: Now they have a Schultz or Schwartz or what is it, Schultz?
1: Schultz, no Schwartz. He's, not not a lot of Schwartzes. Okay, <laughs> Schultz.
0: A, 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 he's good he, too. Jeff
2: he Schwartz was, was the only Schwartz I think, and then he's long retired. The offensive lineman, Jeff. Schwartz. But
0: again, you know, Dallas does a good job, and obviously Dak Prescott's playing at a very high level. So, but I, I think that would be the plan if I was coming into this week with the, all the injuries that they have on the offensive it's line. It's got to be
1: tempo. It's got to be yeah. short passes, tight end. And you know what? Almost you almost have make, to trick them. And and to run, they're going to have to spread out. I mean, you're going to have to go empty at times, and you're going to have to spread them out and run the ball that way. Because just, just lining up, it's just not going to work with this group. And, you know, and, and it's not going to work with Booker. It's not. Hell, I, I would give Eli Penny 10 touches. I really would, because he moves forward I like him yeah he moves forward he's limited you know he's not you know Charles way in his prime but he's you know he can can get some tough yards he's got a little wiggle to him a little bit a little bit
2: and he scored the only Giants touchdown in that bloodbath last week well Sam Darnold might see ghosts he's returning to MetLife Stadium he's seen them before Giants fans are hoping he sees them again the Panthers are three point favorites over under 43 points all right Lawrence break down the Giants Panthers one o'clock on Sunday
0: make your pick Uh, so the return of Chase Blackburn one of the greatest giants in my opinion, of all time, he's a great player. One of my favorites, two-time Super Bowl champion. He is the special teams coordinator, Matt Roll, former coach of the Giants. Of all like, time. Wow, that is a generous compliment for Chase. I think he's one of the best pure football players I ever played the game with. He can do anything. Snap, hold, tight end. We're getting off topic here. But he is always in my top five football players I ever played with.
1: And and he came literally, not. he doesn't like when I say he came off the couch in 2011, But he was going to be a math teacher, right? He was going to be a math teacher in 2011. He was not in football. Who got hurt? I forget who got hurt in the middle of your defense now. It'll come to me. And they they reached out to Chase Blackburn. He came back. Lo and behold, he's running 50 yards down the field with Gronkowski, right? At at, (laughs) that That you makes a
0: pick in the Super un, Bowl.
1: Un, unbelievable. It, it, it's, it's, you could have written a book. You could write a book about Chase Black. I, you couldn't. You also, couldn't. a very
0: good guy to take to the blackjack table. Very good at with the cards. Very good at counting. Math guy.
2: Now he's in my top five. That's all I needed to hear. Blackjack very, guy.
0: Very good at, at the cards. So I'm going to pick the Panthers here. The Giants, too banged up. Not good enough, in my opinion, right now. The Carolina Panthers have played some good football this season, so I'm going to go 27-20 Carolina Panthers
1: couple of things, Uh, you know, no McCaffrey is a huge break for the Giants, huge break. I mean, you know, they had no, they would have no answers for him. The offense and Sam Darnold looks completely different without McCaffrey. Be careful. Remember Hassan Reddick last year when he played against the Giants? Five
0: sacks for the Arizona
1: Yeah. So watch him. He's going to be in in Daniel Jones's pocket all game. Look, Sam Darnold is becoming what he is. You know, he had good first three games with the Panthers, seven touchdowns, seven interceptions. The man is a walking turnover he was with the Jets. He is in the NFL. He can make some great dynamic throws, but they must turn Sam Darnold over. Maybe that can work a little bit to their favor, but it's hard for me to pick the Giants. It really is. They're underdogs at home to the Panthers, which is a disaster. Something in me says maybe the Giants can kind of put it together, but the offensive line, every time I come back to thinking the Giants can put something together, offensive line, it's just going to hold them back. So I'm going to take the Panthers. Not an interesting game, maybe like 24-20, something like that. It's just, you know i'll I'll take the giants again after they win a game
2: not before i'll bring some positivity and take the giants in this game 23 20. i've seen sam darnold throw enough interceptions in medlife stadium and i think he's going to do it again we're finally seeing who he actually is which is a very mediocre quarterback and again no christian mccaffrey i think the giants got a shot and it's really a must win before you face the chiefs and this thing could become one and seven i think it becomes two and five with a win sarah who you taking?
3: Well, I just want to say last week you guys made me pick the Giants, and I was painting clown makeup on my face by the second <laughs> quarter. <laughs> so, yeah, no way am I picking the Giants. Hell no. Hell no. I'm saying it's not a blowout, but it's not going to be close. So I'm saying like 23-10. Ooh. Panthers, no, like after last week, no point. They're lucky. I'm still even rooting. You're traumatized for them. after hear you. in the stands. I last am week. traumatized. We all are. We all yes. are. Yes, I have never in my life left a game early and we left into the third quarter.
1: You know what? This is, this is true. The traumatized. Did you hear what Nate Solder said when we asked him about the booing the other day? Nate Solder said that he cited a study that fans who root for teams that lose their testosterone level goes down 20%. So, that is the reason Holy why- Holy cow, we
0: just had a Cialis commercial.
1: That he said, <laughs> our, and you know what? I looked it up. Here. The University of Utah had a study. Testosterone level up 20% when you have a team and they're winning, down when the team is losing. Mm. So Holy if you cow. feel no pep in your step-
3: <laughs> What does that have to do with me? Well, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm well, just
1: billing. saying that in general, your being down and traumatized made me think that some fans might be a little- down and depressed because the well, males who root for the Giants.
3: Where literally- did Solder
1: get his sources for this information? I'm
3: actually um, glad you brought up that whole booing thing because I did we I don't think we even talked about that really, but I did see on Twitter an interaction a fan was talking about never able to afford to go to a game and he saved up to bring his kids oh, to their very first game and it was that no. game. It's that is the reason that they're booing. People are spending their hard-earned money. People are saving up for years, weeks. Like of course they're going to so, boo. So
0: like you could have handled like that family seeing a 27 to 24 loss, right? Football game, points were scored. Listen, they disrespected us too. I felt disrespected. Me and my teammates.
3: But for them to complain about the booing, it's oh, yeah. that, I think it, it's... We
0: let the big cat know in the audiogram.
3: You're getting paid millions to, to play, and you, you're going to get upset by fans who, who are spending their hard-earned money. Well, I,
1: I would ask these players, what are they supposed to do? You know what I mean? If you're losing 28-3 to three at halftime, look, you can't throw things. What If you pay money, you, you, you drove to the game, you sat in the parking lot, you came in, you spent money. What are you supposed to do if the score is 28-3? Just say say nothing or say it's okay, guys? I mean, booing is what you do. The sounds of silence is worse. At least booing means there are people sitting there who care. Once people sit there and say, you know what, I'm not going, or, or they walk out in the second half, now there's nobody booing you, okay? You can be happy with that. You're also going to look up and there's 10,000 people sitting there. That's a problem.
3: Yeah, I think that's why a lot of fans were fired up to see Tony throw that punch in the Cowboys game, too, because it at least showed someone gives I a agree. crap like
2: i agree more you, than you that. you have something to say Lawrence? You, you know you're biting your tongue right now let it out i mean if you got something you let it out all out on sunday you know saying you know they played half-ass and you know they did and i'm still trying to recover from dr schwartz here talking about testosterone levels goodness <laughs> God. And, it and, lowers. And, and,
1: and let's just make clear we're not advocating at, at the blue rush podcast violence here right you know punching and things we're advocating no. good clean fun right yes yes I'm advocating, I'm advocating Advocating
3: passion, violence,
2: violence.
0: (laughs) I want violence on Sunday from this football team.
2: It's a violent game. No, listen, if they lose this one, they they won't be booing because no one's going to show up the second half of the season because cold plus blowout giant football equals couch beers and snacks and not going to actual games. Well, joining us next is a guy who we love seeing at games at the old Giants stadium. That Super Bowl 42 champion wide receiver member of the Giants' ring of honor, Amani Toomer, joins Blue Rush next. All right, joining us now on Blue Rush is a tremendous receiver for the Giants in their ring of honor. He spent 13 seasons with Big Blue from 1996 through 2008. He was an NFC champion on the 2000 Giants team, a Super Bowl 42 champion alongside our own Lawrence Steins. He holds several Giants franchise records for most receptions with 688, most receiving yards, receiving touchdowns. The list is endless for Giants receiver records. He's now a Giants analyst on MSG Network. Let's give a warm blue rush welcome to number 81 on episode 81, the pride of Berkeley, California, out of the University of Michigan. One of my favorite players as a kid, Amani Toomer. Amani, Jake Brown, Lawrence Steins, Paul Schwartz. Welcome to Blue Rush. How are you? Oh, I'm great. I'm doing really well. You are, How are you guys doing? You are in Vegas now, correct? So are you currently at a blackjack machine or approaching one later today?
4: No, I'm at MJ BizCon, the marijuana business conference. The biggest one in, in the country, biggest one probably in the world. All the innovations that's going on in the cannabis industry, it's pretty cool.
2: Well, Giants fans need a lot of marijuana to watch this team <laughs> these days, huh, um, we need
4: to get We need to get our players off of it because, man, they are... <laughs> They
1: are stoned out there. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, Omani, yeah, it's Paul. It's it's amazing. You know, we go back a long ways, and little did I think I'd be talking to you in 2021 on a podcast. You at a marijuana conference. You know, legalized gambling on the NFL. I mean. This is this is not the way you broke into the league in nineteen ninety six, is it?
4: Oh, absolutely not, yeah, absolutely not. But uh, it's better, it's healthier. I broke in the league, I, and there was a underlying opioid deal going on, and I think a lot of a lot of people are had to battle through that through the addiction of those types of things. You know, all the different cocktails that they give you to stay on the field and not miss time and practice, thought that was problematic, and I knew one day I would catch up with everybody. And that's one of the reasons why I got into the cannabis industry, just because of the, the prevalence and the ease in which some players, even the great Brett Favre, you know, had his incidence with, with opioids.
0: One of the things I like most about you, as an analyst is you tell it like it is. We visited with each other this Sunday real briefly and you had to go on air and it was an absolutely stinker performance. What do you see covering this team? Like are they good enough? Is it talent? Is it coaching? What what do you see from a pro bowler's eyes?
4: I'm big into the body language, right? And I'm looking at cap time. And I'm looking at when the kickoffs and like you look at when they don't think anybody's looking. How are they acting? Are they excited? Are they edged up? It didn't seem that way to me. It's easy for me to say after you get beat by the amount of points that they got beat by, it, it, this team didn't look like they were they were excited. But one thing that bothers me about this team is like everybody's sitting there. Oh, we're gonna do it. Oh, we've been practicing well. Oh, we've been doing well in meetings. Oh, we've been. And I'm like nobody. Nobody's paying to watch the meeting. Everybody's paying to watch the play. And. I'm I don't care what you could, you could not even meet. I don't even care if you practice at all. I just want to see better football than that. It's hard to watch. It's disheartening because all of the excitement that was coming into the season and with all the injuries, it's hard. To stay positive about this season, even though we got more games than ever, they don't look like a team that belongs on the field. It's almost yeah. like they were playing Alabama.
0: I agree. Who are the leaders of the Giants football team?
4: Logan Ryan is one, but even he, like, like he went up there and he spoke. Nobody asked him to speak. He just wanted to speak and tell everybody that it was on him. And I'm just like, yeah, man, I, I, that's great, but I, I don't care anymore. You're one of you're one of five. You know what I mean? You're in the hunt, and you had latest thinker of a game. I mean, all of a sudden, you want somebody to blame? Blame me? I I respect that. But you're one in five, man. I- I don't know why he went up there and did that I don't know why he stood up there and took that bullet I was I was asking people is he running for politics I mean I don't get it I know he's playing hard I know he he wants to win but I don't care how much you want to win at some point in time you got to go out there and win or you're not going to be in the NFL long
1: you made your living on offense obviously when you look at Daniel Jones and you kind of say you know put yourself on the field with him what do you see from him the Giants drafted him because they thought he was a lot like Eli Manning in a lot of ways who you know very well what what, what do you like what do you not like you Know, is is he the long-term answer for them there
4: i don't know i mean and i think it's too, i mean everybody wants to judge him and all this stuff but there are times when they want to get it really either i don't think he's done anything to make me you know absolutely fall in love with him except i you know, I really like his personality he's a very approachable guy but at the end of the day it's like you've got to show it on the field and there's only so many, many amount of time where people can overlook some of your shortcomings and you know with the interceptions that he had this the past weekend it, it was really troubling because then, then a whole bunch of things come into question should he even play and then they had the, the quarterback sneak there on fourth down with you know after he's coming off a concussion you're just like wait are, do they even pay attention to what's going on are they just calling the plays and, and not even thinking about their, their quarterback's health I, I think they should just gave it off the penny and he, you know he's really good on short yardage I just didn't really understand that
2: the Joe Judge love affair Amani isn't what it was last year I think you know fans are growing tired they're losing patience what do you think about Joe Judge obviously he's not getting fired this season but what do you think about him as a coach and his future coaching this team
4: I like the way he's standing up there he's taking on all the questions I love it like I, he, there's no excuses with him he's like why did we do this well this is why we did it was it the right decision you know was it the wrong decision you know it's what we did at the time we thought it was the best decision for our team like I like it I, I really do but at certain point in time this is a performance-based business. It could be great. You could have the best locker room. You could have all this stuff. At the end of the day, if you're not winning, that group isn't going to stay together.
1: I was there. I was covering the Giants when you came into the league, and you know, people look at you now and say Super Bowl champion, almost 700 catches, all time Giants leader. It was not always easy for you, was it? You know, I, I look up and I remember '96 as a rookie. You had one catch. You got hurt. '97, you had 16 catches. You were not really part of the the, the whole playing rotation. '98, your third year, right? Everyone says the third year is the year you got to do it. 27 catches. What do you remember about going into your fourth year, 1999? Because it was not like there was this golden path for you to, you know, to become the franchise leader. There was some real soul searching and some difficulty going into that season, right? Kind of like a make or break situation.
4: Well, absolutely. But in 90, 99, after the, oh, going into 99, I had a new contract. So my, my mind, I felt like, you know, I had to prove myself, but I felt like I had a little more time. I thought, cause my first two years was a struggle. My third year was my contract year. So they didn't tender me. So I ended up just signing a, a deal, which was the best thing ever happened to me but I think my third year when I caught the pass against Denver and I started really practicing well and I I, I, my third year was the year that everything changed around and that's when I got the confidence that I don't care about the 27 catches I know I can play in this league and if Giants aren't going to pay me I'm gonna go somewhere they're going to play they're going to pay me and then they instead of me going through the uh, restricted free agency route the Giants just gave me a contract so 99 was my first year of a new very lucrative contract so I, I wasn't thinking like oh I got to prove myself I was thinking okay I got three years I, I did really well last year I think everything was rolling downhill since my third year I, I didn't look at that year as a, as, a, as a stressful year I thought it was my turn and I was I was ready to take on the the, the bigger role.
0: Imani there there's some crazy stat I saw maybe two weeks ago that said Galladay Jones Saquon Tony Shepard had played something like 17 snaps together Some wild. Do you believe when healthy, Andrew Thomas, tackles included, that this offense can compete?
4: You know what? The funny thing about it is, I I don't care, man. It doesn't happen. You're wishing on a star, man. No, yeah. yeah. Unless they play together, nothing matters. Like, don't tell me about how great things could be and should be and were supposed to be. It's not happening. When the rubber meets the road, Galladay's hurt, Shepard's hurt. Tony's hurt. It. I don't know if they're practicing too hard. I don't. I don't know what it is. But for as injured as this team is, I can't explain it. They're young and injured, which is totally out of it. doesn't make any kind of sense to me.
2: Yeah, the depth is not there like your teams and Super Bowl Forty Two. I mean, that team and that Super Bowl. Is why I think a lot of Giants fans, Amani, are frustrated because they've seen the glory days with you and Lawrence. How often do you think about Super, like Super Bowl Forty Two? Is that something you think about like every day, every week, or do you, is it a once a month thing? How often do you think about that season and that game and how special it was? Because it's, it's one of the great Super Bowls of all time.
4: I mean, I think about it a lot. The thing about it is, when you play a Super Bowl that long ago, it's like nobody really remembers it, but the players that played, and that's kind of what makes it special as well. Like we remember it. Of course, Giant, some Giants fans will remember it, but it's a special moment that we had. I don't think about it every day but I think about it maybe I don't know I I can't put a number on it
0: I mean you remember so those variety. catches you I'm, were making in Lambeau Field I mean come on
4: <laughs> I remember those catches I, I think about those that run I think about the run that that was I think our best game that year was when we played the Cowboys for me that was the most satisfying win because they had beaten us twice already that year and it was the Cowboys and we went there and we beat them and that was and then that's when the T.O. was crying it was. Sunglasses, and that's my quarterback. That was probably one of the best feelings I had watching a press conference about our team that we beat. That's my that team was uh, R- that's R-W-, my
1: quarterback. R- RW McQuarters ended that game, correct? Yeah. Right. In the
4: end zone. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that was. was- really sad to see the state of the giants right now and then like everybody talks about you're talking about these injuries let's go back on what you're saying but you talk about these injuries but man the green bay packers won the super bowl in 09 with like 19 people on ir something crazy like that so i think the
1: ravens this year have 17 or 18 or 19 guys IR. i mean literally the ravens lost the running back every day and the ravens are winning games and uh, you know so they we, have a
0: culture man they have they have a culture in place in baltimore there is a standard of how you play this game yeah. there has been no standard there in the last decade they had one fluky season in 16 when they went to the playoffs with a poop and i'm telling <laughs> you there's no culture i didn't feel it you know paul you asked me how's the stadium gonna feel to me i'll tell you i never felt so uncomfortable in my life i haven't been back in a while tombs you're there all the time but man there's something different going on there it's just different
4: it's sad. And I remember I talked to the owner before the game and, you know, he was nervous and not nervous, but he was just like, he just was bothered, you know, because you, you know, they really care about this team and the amount of money they put in. They put more money into that team than they definitely put into our team. And I just feel like when you look at a roster, don't tell me about your frontline guys. Don't tell me about the Saquons. Don't tell me, tell me about the guys that are going to step up when one of those guys gets hurt. You know, I mean, that's what we're, we're missing. You know, I mean, you look, at, you look at the Ravens, they're missing all these players. They bring in players and it's still a, a competitive team. It's not like everybody's packed it up. It's just very sad to see that this team doesn't have the depth that they deserve because we pay the same amount of money to everybody.
1: Am I right that your last year at Michigan, 95, uh, Tom Brady was there? He was a freshman, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember I mean, he's a freshman, and you're, you know, you're, you're a star receiver at that point. Do you remember much about him? And if I went up to you and kind of yeah. quiet, quietly said to you, you know, Monty, I think this skinny freshman is going to be the greatest quarterback of all time, would you have asked me what I was smoking?
4: Uh, no actually I didn't I mean I knew he was going to be good because he was good like he had even back then he said I think it was, yeah, he was a big baseball player and he had better throwing techniques than every of the quarterback I can remember that I remember that very specifically I remember him teaching me how to throw a football because he said I threw a football like a baseball some of the stuff he said with his arm so I, I knew he knew some more stuff than most of the quarterbacks did he was just very fiery very competitive guy but we're from the same area so like and we got recruited by Billy Harris the same guy so when he got a scholarship offer he had a scholarship party and i remember you know they invited me down there so i met met him i met his family i met everybody it was great and he was uh you know a great guy great family never never you, you don't hear me say anything bad about tom brady i love the guy and all these years later
1: he's 44 years old he's still doing it, it it's you know you were a very fit athlete who who got the most out of it and you look at this guy and say what what is going on here 44 i mean it's it's remarkable it's
4: amazing it is amazing i mean there's nothing nothing else you can say about it the guy is just and it's not really, physically, I think there's a lot of guys physically now so because the game has changed in terms of the hitting and stuff like that and the practices and schedules and all that. I think there's more guys that are going to be physically better off at that age. But mentally, for him to be motivated enough to put in the time that you need to stay on top, it just it blows my mind. I remember my last couple of years, it was kind of like, I remember my a year with Kansas City, the guy was, you know, one of the coaches told me the day before the game, oh, you got to do this, you got to do that, which is really important. I'm like, I got it. I'm all right. <laughs> I, mean, like I, just I couldn't get excited for a preseason game. I couldn't get excited for some regular season games. So, and that's when I knew that things weren't going in the right direction. You just turned 47. Can you still run a route? No, absolutely <laughs> not. No, I mean, I don't do much running anymore cuz of my knees. I do a lot of cycling. So cardio wise I can take it, but in terms of like the pounding and I just imagine falling down one or two times, no, no, I can't do it. What about you, Lawrence? Can you split it upright a little I bit? I could
0: absolutely get you through one game. No questions asked. <laughs> but I can't I can't do the 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 you know the Monday through Saturday can't do it not yeah. consistently yeah. enough to be able to produce on sundays but talking
2: about practice not a yeah. game not yeah. a game
0: practice yeah. but that's the thing that people nobody sees is the monday through saturdays miss sundays yeah. like i'm sure Monty does but don't miss monday through yeah. saturday
4: i miss the game because sunday i remember like you'd have to you'd be done with the game if it's the away game you'd be like okay that was exciting I'll sit on the bus, and we're going to wait 45 minutes. Then we're going to get on the plane. We're going to have another hour and a half for the equipment to get all loaded on. And then you fly home at the ridiculous, ungodly hour. And then you have to – it was It was just not – I started hating traveling. That's when I was like, okay, this is not, not going well.
1: Uh, Amani, you're at 668. You know that number, right, with the Giants. When the Giants drafted Odell Beckham Jr., and then he has his first few years like that, are you thinking in your head, well – it was nice while it lasted, but this guy's gonna pass me at some point. I mean he, he's he ended at three ninety. He didn't even come close to you.
4: No, well, I mean records are made to be broken, you know, and I'm not you know, really to put it to, to, to in the in into perspective, like it's it's a great record for the Giants because it's such a storied franchise, but it's not about like you can't just be talented. And, and get you know get a lot of catches you have to be talented and then you're going to have an injury how are you going to deal with that injury how are you going to come back from that injury and obviously he has to come back from it you know and, and Victor Cruz is the same way i thought man he's he's this guy's going to break it next thing you know you know he gets injured a few times and he's done so it's the game is it's more than just uh, what you can do for a year two years five years even you know how can you do it for 10 15 how could you, could you do it for thirteen? Could you do it for the consistency? And uh, I prided myself on that because times where my athletic ability was really, you know, at a high level competitive, and then it got to the point where I regress to the moon where I got older. But still, I found a way to make it work. So I was, I was really always proud of that.
2: Odell is not playing thirteen years. I mean, he doesn't seems to not even love the game, and that's why we love you, Amani Toomer. Thirteen years. <laughs> you know, Eli is once a giant, always a giant, only a giant. Well, so is Amani Toomer. He is a forget, pro. He is forget a the one month with the Chiefs you are only a giant essentially Imani and we love you and yeah. you know we might need some of the cannabis you might need to bring <laughs> it over for Giants fans over from Vegas over to New York and pass it over yeah. we uh we're so glad to finally that's have you I'm trying to run. do
4: thank you that's what I'm trying to do I'm trying to open up some businesses in New Jersey so here we go
2: all right we'll be there let's go thanks Imani, right. for coming on all all appreciate right. it thanks, uh, thanks thanks for having me thanks Imani See ya. all right thanks.
0: And that says cheerio to episode 81, the Amani 2 edition of Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown, Sarah McCroy, and the new guy, Andrew Hartz, for producing the show. Give Blue Rush a wee five-star rating and write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. For Pauly Schwartz, I'm Lawrence Tynes. We return to your eardrums on Monday following the Giants-Panthers game at MetLife Stadium. Enjoy the game and thanks for listening.